Stand clear of the closing doors, please. What up, son? What up? Louis Max, Grind and Pivot presents Holiday Gigs. Season's Greetings. In this episode, Grind and Pivot explores holiday gigs. Not so long ago, against all odds, we were chosen to be one of the chosen for Broad City, Comedy Central's hilarious show, which starred Alana Glazer and Abby Jacobson. We were a Hasidic Jew. Before we went Hasidic, we visited the other side of the spectrum. For a Radio City Music Hall Christmas promotion, we were Santa Claus and wound up being featured in a newspaper photo. And yes, we got to work with the Rockettes. For more fun, first-hand stories, check out the book Man Vs. Ball by John Hart, available on Amazon. Enjoy the stories. Let us know what you think in the comment section below. Stay safe, everyone. Peace. I really didn't want to be in the newspaper in a ridiculous bright red outfit. But there I was, dressed as St. Nick. The article took up two full pages. I couldn't bear to look. How'd this happen? Well, as usual, I brought it all on myself. 26 hours earlier, just before dawn, I reported to Radio City Music Hall with over a hundred other desperate misfits and mopes. I can't take credit for nabbing this gig. A former housemate, Leif Erickson, a male model, found the opportunity. I'm calling him Leif Erickson because he resembles a Viking. I mean, the man should wear horns. As a model, Leaf has a considerable edge in getting hired. In general, employers want attractive people. It's the way it is. Leaf asked me to apply because he wanted company. We emailed our photos and went through a very brief interview. Will you do it? Absolutely. And that's all it took. Alas, I was at the center of the Christmas experience. As a kid, I had Christmas, but not really. We put lights on the cactus, scarfed Egg Foo Young from the carton, traded sarcastic barbs, and kvetch like nobody's business. There's no cheer here, my father once remarked. He was right. After our motley crew waited around for a bit on Radio City's sprawling, elegantly carpeted staircase, staff shuttled a few of us at a time behind makeshift partitions, where they gave each of us a costume, including fake beard. I placed the suit over my street clothes. A costume person checked me out, made some minor adjustments, and gave me the thumbs up. Soon after, we, a hundred plus Santas, lined up outside Radio City so the press could photograph us. Then we were directed to the lobby to loiter about as a few rockets were interviewed. We just background for the cameras. I could handle that. On this fall day, though, it's quite humid and the suits are uncomfortably warm and the beards are itchy. I don't feel bad for myself. However, I feel awful for the raquettes. They're so damn skinny. It doesn't look like they've eaten anything but celery sticks in months. I'm not sure how they can stand, much less perform line kicks. After the raquettes have finished getting their moment, our motley herd of red board double-decker buses and are whisked around the block a few times. There's no destination. The Radio City staff just want us to be photographed on the bus. They get their shots. Yeah, I know, I know. I was in at least one. It's a good one. A herd of Santas lining up on the second floor of a bus, you don't see that too often. After the bus trip to nowhere, it's back to Radio City's staircase, where we remove our suits and ventilate. 
There are some half-decent catered sandwiches. Radio City can't have a herd of questionable Santas who have not been background-checked wandering through Midtown doing an impromptu SantaCon. It's a PR mess waiting to happen. Not surprisingly, the Rockettes don't join us for sandwiches. As I indulge, I keep to myself. Leif Erikson, however, feels the need to make friends. Repeatedly, I've asked Leif to leave me out of his schmooze. Repeatedly, though, he ignores those requests. In particular, there's one angry Santa who wants to discuss the lawsuit he's bringing against a well-known broadcaster. I want to stay clear of this bad Santa. Leaf, however, engages this clearly deranged individual and inserts me into his banter. My friend's a journalist, Leaf tells him. He might be able to help you. Lawsuit man's eyes light up. He turns to me. I cringe. No, I'm not, I reply as I shoot Leaf a thousand-yard stare. He's just fooling around, I tell Lawsuit. Excuse me, I have to use the facilities. I hustle off, away from Mr. Lawsuit and Leaf. Eventually, Leaf tracks me down, and I scold him. After waiting for too long, we're broken into groups of a dozen or so. My group is assigned to Union Square, where we pass out flyers for Radio City's upcoming Christmas extravaganza. It's no big deal. I have plenty of experience approaching strangers and handing out pamphlets that are immediately discarded. Merry Christmas, I tell pedestrians. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Kwanzaa, one Santa tells black pedestrians. Some guys just can't do a simple gig. As we pass out flyers, some of the Santas joke about robbing a bank in their Santa suits. Everyone laughs, but one or two of these Santas seem as though they actually want to do it. No, you wouldn't want this crew coming over for Christmas or any other holiday. At 4 p.m. or so, the gig ends, and I'm happy to rid myself of my sweaty red suit. Someone, not me, will wear it again. I report to Holding, a Midtown church's basement, at 7.30 one Friday evening. Broad City, the Comedy Central series, is shooting a subway scene and we're going through the night. Kathy, an orange is the new black extra, invites me to sit at her table. Immediately, I regret accepting. Kathy is livid. She was laid off from her corporate job because she's too old and she claims that she's soon escaping to the Southwest. A few adjacent tables away, a handful of men in Hasidic attire sit and wait. They seem friendly but keep to themselves. In one of the evening scenes, I'm going to be one of them. Frankly, it's a stretch. With my light complexion, I resemble a German soldier more than a Hasid. However, I have black attire, including a peacoat, which is enough to earn me the nod. Casting tells me that wardrobe will supply me with an authentic Hasidic hat and facial hair. And voila, I'll be hardcore Hasid. Or close enough. After wardrobe approves my three outfits, including my Hasidic one, most of us are herded a few blocks away to the set, the shuttle train platform at Grand Central Station. My Hasidic brethren are not part of our herd, as the Hasidic scene is last. As we wait, extras talk about mock jury gigs and other random stuff. One skinny guy rants about how bread is evil. When we're finally placed, the second second assistant director, the crew member in charge of background, directs me to mime conversation with a mature male businessman about the Yankees in the scene. It's an unlikely scenario. Small talk on a tense New York City subway is sparse. People keep to themselves, and I do just that. I stand and read. No one complains. In fact, the second second is satisfied with my performance. 
When we're off set, the skinny guy rushes over to me. I wonder if he wants to conspire with me against the weed industry. Instead, he tells me that he's considering becoming a casting director. You look like you should play someone on a running team, he tells me before pausing. Or maybe you should be the coach. Which is it? I want a badger, but don't because I'm playing nice. The skinny guy rushes across the room to his next casting target. Everyone has his or her way of staying awake. Back in holding, one of the Hasidic guys enthusiastically talks about the Knicks and De Niro's enormous weight gain for Raging Bull. He seems like a pretty cool guy. With his convincing facial hair, he looks hardcore Hasid. However, I start to strongly suspect that maybe he and his brethren are not who they're pretending to be. After all, if you're truly Hasidic, aren't you supposed to be playing on Friday night? Before I can eavesdrop some more or ask questions, I'm ordered back to the set. But I'm there for only a few minutes before I'm ordered back to holding for dinner. I should be playing a yo-yo. I enjoy the walking, but Kathy is livid and gives the production assistant a vicious earful, declaring the production a disorganized disgrace. Memo to Kathy, this is Comedy Central, not Spielberg. Dinner is a disgrace. I scarf it anyway. I need to make it to daylight. It's midnight and there's a ways to go. In the back of the room, I change into my second outfit, but it's all for naught. I just happen to be sitting in the back of the train, the makeshift holding area, and the second second doesn't select me. Instead of being in the scene, I sit in a subway car with my fellow unused extras, including three breakdancers who practice their moves. I should have tipped them a few bucks. As they shoot in another passenger car, the train rumbles back and forth. Unsurprisingly, it's impossible to nod off. After about two hours of this, I'm selected for the next sequence, with Broad City's two leads, Ilana Glazer and Abby Jacobson. I'm impressed with them, but not starstruck. Earlier, Abby was sitting casually in the back of the train and told me the second second's name after I asked. In the scene, I exit through the turnstiles as Ilana and Abby enter. Fortunately, this maneuver is in my wheelhouse. After this, just after 4 a.m., I return to the platform where the Hasidic herd is waiting. We've made it to the last scene of the night. Hallelujah! But I do not rejoice because I'm supposed to be in the scene and my black attire is five blocks away at the church. I want to scream, please wait! I'm supposed to be a Hasidic Jew! After quickly consulting with the second second assistant, I run back to holding and frantically change. I genuinely want to do this scene, as this will be my one and only opportunity to play a Hasidic Jew. Unfortunately, wardrobe is gone for the night, so I have no Hasidic hat or facial hair. I'm just going to wing it and go with God. Fortunately, I return just in time and enter the subway with my Hasidic brethren. In such close proximity, I can make out their fake facial hair, and I have this not-so-startling revelation. These guys are not Hasidic. Not one iota. They just play Hasidic for television. They were probably on the Netflix miniseries Unorthodox. Some play Santa, others play Hasid. Perhaps some do both. We do a run-through with the director, who's wearing a sleeveless t-shirt which shows off the periphery of her bra. Hey, I didn't create that style. I just report on it. When the principals appear, we're supposed to part like the Red Sea, which is in the script, as Abby and Alana walk by us. We nail the rehearsal, and we're just about to shoot. I'm psyched. Perhaps after this, I'll get the nod for a role in the remake of Fiddler on the Roof. For the first time all night, I felt a glimmer of hope. But it vanishes. A moment before we start rolling, the director points to me and orders me off the train. She tells me what I knew all along. I don't look Hasidic. 
When I return to holding, Kathy is sitting alone, speechless, more miserable than ever. She still has another two hours to wait until her train leaves. I feel bad for her. The night beat her after she was already beaten. It almost beat me too. It's just before five when I'm signed out. It's late. No, it's early. Well, I just don't know anymore. I know only one thing at this point. I am not Hasidic Jew material. Thanks so much for listening. Please smash the like button, subscribe, and follow us on social media at Grind and Pivot, and we welcome any and all comments. Special thanks to my man Dave Levitt for that happening klezmer music. Shout out to the crew behind the scenes. Couldn't do it without you. Dorothy Goldstein, John Hart, Ian Litovich, Russ McMahon, and Spur Digital Media. Stay safe, stay well, peace.